It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. If there is one thing I truly dislike about the human race, it is their endless need to ask questions about things that are plainly obvious. Case in point, Sam Beale. Two weeks ago, she was just your average person living in the Northeast. Now, now she sees the world as it truly is, and can't stop talking about it. So, elves, are they real too? Yes. What about trolls? Are there trolls too? Yes, there are trolls as well. What about wizards? Are there wizards who use magic? I know quite a few wizards who use magic. Others tend to lean towards advanced technology. There's a coven of them in Hawthorne. What about- Sam, look. It's all real. Elves, vampires, dragons, trolls, they're all real. All out there in the world, if you know where to look for them. This is so incredible. Yes, in some ways it is. Uh, what about aliens? Let's try and stay terrestrial for now, shall we? So why are they all in hiding? Why not live out in the open like people? Do you have any idea the sort of conflicts that would cause? Humans hardly get along with themselves. Can you imagine what would happen if a number of new species started turning up? Hmm. I see your point. There would be problems. There would be more than problems. There would be a full-scale war. One that would exterminate everything on this small world. Therefore, they stay in the shadows and seek places where humanity doesn't look. That seems so... unfair. It does, doesn't it? Ah, we've arrived. What's this? It leads to the sewer system underneath the city. Why is it whenever I do something with you, eventually I wind up underground? Because that's where all the interesting things tend to be. Come along. You know, when you said you were going to show me around Portland, I thought you meant something more... Entertaining? Like a bar or some place to eat. Why can't we just go on a normal date or something? For one thing, we're not dating, Sam. For another, you'll find this trip more memorable. Don't think of it as the sewers. Most call it Portland Below. The sub-races have dominance in the Undercity. In many ways, it's another world down there. Gee, I can't wait. <sighs> However, I do have an ulterior motive for bringing us here. You? An ulterior motive? I'm shocked. Really, I mean that. So, why are we going down below? If I'm going to gather the two other reality stones before Leviathan does, I'm going to need some help in finding them. This means I need to speak with someone who might know where they are. And that would be... who? It's a surprise. As we entered the world below Portland, it was like stepping back in time to another age. The buildings here looked like something out of the 19th century. Creatures of various races were going about their daily tasks. For myself, all of this was second nature and quite common. I'd visited this village many times before. Sam, on the other hand, was quite amazed. This is all incredible. It is something, isn't it? There's even a train station not too far from here. It's hard to believe something like this is just below the city streets. How come no one's noticed this before? You'd be surprised how many everyday people know about the world below. Really? 
So, why don't they report it? You know, tell everyone about it. Because they're motivated not to. However, there are a number of secret agencies that know all about this, Sam. Agencies like the Order and Black Door, the Forge and a few others. They keep records on places like this. I've never heard of those groups before. I'll tell you all about them sometime. Come along. We walked for some distance until we came upon a small passage that led away from the underground village. It was very dark. The only light came from a series of flickering torches set into the stonework along the walls. After we'd walked for a time, we came upon a river of flowing molten lava. It made the air very warm and gave everything around a hellish red glow. There was a bridge made out of the same stone as the walls. This gave travellers access to a pair of iron doors on the far side of the river. However, standing upon the bridge was an elderly man dressed in a suit of armour like the knights of old. He held a blood-stained sword in his hands. When the knight saw me and Sam approaching the bridge, he stood upright in a defiant manner and raised the sword above his head. Access denied! And with that, the knight slammed the sword into the stonework. Intimidating as ever, Luther, but let's give it a rest, okay? Hail, man. Sorry, didn't recognize you. You know, you get to be my age, the eyesight gets going. Just how old is he? To be honest, I really have no idea. How you been holding up, Luther? Oh, you know how it is. Standing around and making sure that no one crosses the bridge. Some goblins tried to rush me about a week back. Really? How did that turn out? I advised them they should leave. However, no goblins. Once they get an idea in their head. So I had to throw them over the rail in the end. They did scream a lot when they hit the river. That's horrible. I'll admit it was kind of unnerving for a while. Really hate it when people cry out for help and are screaming in agony. Fortunately, things died down after an hour or so. So, who's your attractive friend, Pale Man? Sam Beale, allow me to introduce you to Luther Hauser, the last guardian knight of Atlantis. Atlantis? The Atlantis? You come from there. Yes, but it's not what you think. Everyone has an image that Atlantis was this majestic, revered culture. Nevertheless, when you get right down to it, it was kind of a backwater place. Primitive ways of going about stuff. They made people pay excessively for their health care, if that tells you anything. You don't say. Oh, yeah. No wonder it all fell apart in the end. I'm just glad I was able to get out when everything went down the crapper. Anyway, it's a genuine pleasure to make your acquaintance. Now, why are you here? I need to speak with him. That's not happening. You know the laws, pale man. He sees no one. No one may disturb him. Yes, but you need to make an exception in my case. He has information I need, information that can save the world. It makes no difference. The law applies to you as well. Please, 
do not force the issue, or you will leave me little choice but to send you and your lady friend down for a swim. Luther did not move. He simply stood blocking our way across the bridge. That's when the iron doors behind him began to open, and a golden light spilled outwards. Permit them to enter. Luther turned from me and Sam and glared into the golden light. That is not allowed! It violates the law! Stipulations to that law allows me the occasional visitor of my choice. So, I say again, permit them to enter. Luther looked from the golden light back at me and Sam. Then he sheathed his sword and stepped out of our way. You may pass. Thank you, Luther. I am doing no favor by letting you pass, Pale Man. He still holds you responsible for what happened. Why? What happened? It is not my place to say, Milady. Come on, Sam. Time to meet an old friend. Sam and I walked into the golden light, and the iron door closed behind us. As the golden light faded, Sam and I found ourselves in the midst of a graveyard. Endless gravestones and mausoleums that stretched out for as far as the eye could see. Uh, Byron, where have you brought us? He has brought you to my realm, my dear. He stepped out from behind a large dead tree. Like me, he was dressed all in black, but the suit he wore was the type morticians wore during the early 19th century. He had greying hair and a goatee beard. He held a walking stick and a top hat sat upon his head. He smiled at me and Sam. It was no less unnerving than the rest of his attire. Pale man. It has been some time since we last spoke. Okay, Byron, who is this person? Death, Sam. This man is the incarnation of death. You're serious. He's really... death. The Death. The Grim Reaper himself. Please, just call me Death. Never cared for people calling me the Grim Reaper. You're not what I expected. Sorry. I gave up the black cloak and hood ages ago. I also got rid of the Sith. Not tired of lugging it around with me. I hear you still prefer to be called Byron rather than Alistair. Or have you changed that to Edward yet? I'm sticking with Byron for now. Wise choice. So much more dignified. What is this place? This? Well, this is my realm, child. The eternal graveyard. All that have died from the dawn of creation to the present day find their way here in time. There is a stone here for each and every one of them. Did you hear that? Not all of the dead sleep quietly in their graves. Some souls wander about. You mean, like, ghosts? Ghosts, zombies, revenants, even some vampires here and there. Are they dangerous? They can be at times, especially to any of the living should they be foolish enough to come here. However, fear not. So long as you are in my presence, you shall remain safe enough. 
But the guards said some goblins tried to break in here. Why would anyone try to break into the realm of death? Because they believe that if they do so, they might succeed in bringing those who have crossed into my realm back to the world of the living. Can they do that? Ah, well, death is eternal. There are no second chances. Yet there are those that risk their lives time and time again to cheat death, only to end up dying themselves. Only a select few are able to transcend the boundaries between life and death. Now then, to what do I owe this visit? I need your help. Ah, yes. I heard about your recent conflict with one of the Elder Gods. How? I have my ways. So what is it that you desire from me? Information. You're one of the oldest beings in the whole of creation. Rumor has it you may even be older than God himself. It's possible, I suppose. Nevertheless, I've lost track over the eons. And it's possible you may know the location of the Reality Stones. <laughs> Indeed. In fact, I know you have hidden the Firestone in the study of your tower. Tell me, do you truly feel that's the safest place to keep it? Leviathan would have a hard time breaking down the defenses of my home. Perhaps. But she is an Elder God. It's not wise to underestimate them. That's why I've come to you. I have to get the other two stones before she does. Indeed. But there is more to it than just that, isn't there? What do you mean? The one who gathers the three stones has a power that rivals gods. While saving the whole of reality is quite the noble cause, I suspect there is something more you're after. I would know what it is. Chris Sparrow. Ah, I see. Chris Sparrow? But you said she was gone. Taken over by Leviathan. Yes, but with the Reality Stones I could stop Leviathan. And I could use them to save Chris. I could bring her back. I could... make her human again. But you heard what Death said. There are no second chances. Death is eternal. But to the one who wields the Reality Stones, the laws of creation have little meaning. He would be able to do anything he desires. Do you know where the stones are? Depends. What's in it for me? I've heard what you want, how all of this will benefit you and creation. But how does this benefit me? What is it you want? Death smiled at me. Somehow I knew his help was going to come at a very high cost. One I may not be able to meet. Tell me, Samantha. Has Byron told you why I'm trapped here? No. He never even told me how he knew you until today. Don't do this. Just tell me what you want. There's no need to dredge up the past. Nicholas's punishment was to become the patron saint of children. Delilah is trapped in perdition's flames. And I... I am trapped here. Then there is you, Byron. Out of all our group, you still walk free. If you can call it freedom. What I do comes at a great cost. Yes, I know of that task they charge you with. How pathetic. You, who were darkest of us. The one children have nightmares of. 
The one who caused the fall of I know my crimes. I remember everything I did. Every death I caused. I don't need you reminding me of it. But it brings me so much pleasure to see you in discomfort. You deserve so much worse. Are you going to help me or not? Oh, I'll help you, Byron. But in return, you're going to help me. Meaning what? I'm sorry, I can't do that. Can't? Or won't? Do you have any idea what you're asking of me? What it would take to do that? I am quite aware of what is needed. I won't do it. I I'm sorry, but I feel like I'm missing something here. Why can't you help him get free of this place, Byron? In order for death to be free of this realm, something has to take his place. Or someone. Someone. You. You want Byron to replace you. Ah, she catches on quickly. I can see why you like her. Did you really expect that I would agree to this? No, I didn't. Because of that, Leviathan shall now find the other stones. There has to be something else that he can do for you. There is nothing else I want. He alone is the one who has to make a choice. He has the power to decide what will happen next. So what shall it be, Byron? Is your desire to stop Leviathan great enough for you to sacrifice your freedom? Are you willing to be trapped in this realm for all eternity just to bring Chris Sparrow back? Don't listen to him, Byron. We'll find another way to find the stones. But not in time, my dear Samantha. Even now, Leviathan is hunting the stones. If I agreed to Death's demands, I would be trapped in this darkened realm. Worse yet, I would free him to reign God only knows what sort of chaos upon the world. But if I did nothing, in time Leviathan would find the other stones. That not unleash a far greater horror. In the end... There was really no choice in the matter. Very well. I agree. Byron, no! There's no other choice, Sam. Every second we waste here, Leviathan gets that much closer to finding the stones. I agree with your terms, Death. When this is over and Leviathan is stopped, I... I will free you. Oh, you surprise me, Byron. I truly did not believe you would accept my offer. You have always valued your freedom above all else, yet here you are willing to sacrifice it. Intriguing. Come now, Death. Floating does not become you. As you wish. Shall we shake on it, then? Death reached out with his free hand. Slowly I reached out and took it in my own. <laughs> I felt like a thousand volts of electricity was coursing through my arm. I pulled my hand back quickly. Upon the palm of my hand now was the image of a black skull. The mark of death himself. You know, I've never been one for tattoos. It is more than that. You are mine now to do with as I wish. Should you try to renege on our arrangement... I'm aware of what will happen. Now tell me what I want to know. Very well. The stones you seek are not on this plane of existence. They were hidden within the Shadow Realms many ages ago. Shadow Realms? What are Shadow Realms? 
Alternate reflections of this world. Human science calls them parallel realities. Parallel realities? You mean, they're real too? They exist? Indeed. There are many alternative Earths within the ether of creation. But getting to them is not so easy. I'm not able to just jump across the dimensions. The only time I did was because of Mr. Logan's trap in England. You may not be able to cross over. However, for me, it is quite simple. Wherever death exists, part of me does as well. Thus, I can cross into the other realms with simple ease. Or rather, I would if I could leave this cursed place. Fantastic. But since you're stuck here, how does that help us now? Here, my walking stick. Take it. Part of my essence is contained within it. It will allow you to cross over to the other realms. It shall lead you to the other stones. Interesting. Do take care not to lose it. The walking stick is your only way back. Without it, you and Sam will be lost for all eternity. Now that would be such a shame. Then I wouldn't be able to set you free. So how do I make it work? Simple. Just grab the top of it. What, like this? Byron! What's happening? The blast of Arctic air hits me as Sam and I materialize. Everything around us is covered in a layer of snow and ice. The skies above us are a dark grey. Jumping dimensions. I think I'll ever get used to that. Oh, my head hurts. It'll pass in a moment, Sam. Just take it easy. It's okay. I'm starting to feel better. You're a friggin' idiot, you know that? Me? What did I do? Do? You just made a deal with the devil, is what you did! Actually, I made a deal with death, not Mr. Logan. Same difference. At the end of all this, you're damned anyway. Why did you do that? We could have found another way to find the stones. Sam, time is of the essence here. We don't have time to sit around and investigate options at our leisure. Besides, even if I had discovered where the other stones were, there would have been no way to reach them. I can't cross the dimensional plane, not on my own. In the end, I would have needed Death's help anyway. And so you're damned for eternity because of it. Well, don't count me out yet. I still have a few tricks up my sleeve. But let's worry about that later and figure out where we've arrived. Byron, I hate to say it, but I think we're still in Portland. Well, a back alley in Portland anyway. Why do you hate to say it? Well, I was kind of hoping we'd turn someplace exotic. Or something. Not next to some trash dumpster. Besides, I've already seen Portland. But something about it seems odd, though. Like there is a lot of snow and ice. Doesn't it snow in Portland? Yes, but never to this extent. And everything is very quiet. Come along, let's take a look around. Everything was silent except for the sound of the wind, which in itself was very odd. At this time of day you should be hearing the normal activity of the city, 
Cars and buses going about the streets, people walking about. But there was nothing here except the silence, the cold and ice. As Sam and I stepped out of the back alley, we discovered why. Oh, kittens. What... what's happened? There was the wreckage of cars everywhere. Shop windows had been smashed in, but it was the bodies that stood out most of all. Dozens of them, all dead and torn apart. What's going on? I knelt down besides the remain of one body. It had been a woman. If I had to guess at her age, I would have put her in her later thirties. It was hard to tell, though. Most of her flesh had been torn away. What remained of her clothing was nothing but tattered rags. Both arms had been ripped free of the body. What unnerved me most was that this wasn't the first time I had seen wounds like this. The last time I had been in Europe over 300 years ago. I quickly stood up. Come on, Sam. We need to find a newspaper or something that can tell us what's happened here. We walked a short distance till we came upon what had once been a newsstand, but it had long since been abandoned. Like everything else, it was covered in snow and ice. I ducked inside and started rifling through what was left in the stand. I think we should get out of here. I think you're right, but I need to confirm my suspicions. Aha! A newspaper. Did... did you just hear something? Look at the headline on the paper, Sam. Supervolcano enters third month of eruption and showing no signs of stopping anytime soon. Volcanic ash has now spread to all regions of the world and is having massive effects. Temperatures in recent weeks have plummeted. There have also been growing number of reports about violence in... I, I can't read the rest. The paper's too wet and smudged up. It tells us a lot, though. Well, it explains the cold, yes. But what about the dead bodies? What did that? I have some very nasty suspicions. It was then that a number of creatures came into view. They had grey scales across their bodies and looked reptilian in nature. The tattered remains of clothing was covered in dry gore. Their eyes glowed a fierce, bright red, and they began to come towards us. Byron? What are they? Gargoyles. This is so not good. What do we do? We run. Come on, Sam. You've been listening to The Byron Chronicles, Season 3, Episode 5, The Eternal Graveyard. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Natalie Van Sistine as Sam Beale, H. Keith Lyons as Luther the Knight, and Philip Weber as Death. This episode was written and produced by Eric Busby, sound designed by Eric Busby, music performed by Midnight Syndicate. I'm Darren Marlar. You've been listening to a Darker Projects production. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday... Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bad Free, 
We introduced the cowlets, tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before... Now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, we're pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do not not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlet design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop. Stop.